about conditions. Sometimes there's a view in the mm. Dharma world mm. that conditions don't matter. Mm. And we have to learn how to deal with conditions. This is part of the learning experience mm. and so forth. Mm. Other times you can see really extremes, uh, as I've heard, I've never been to, but uh, very luxurious uh, retreat places and mm. so forth. What's your view? What is really important here? Uh, we're talking specifically centers more than anything else, are we? Or yeah, let's start with that. It's perceptions and trends. Sometimes in the hands of those who run the centers, that means the governing bodies, the organizations, the, the boards, the directors. And sometimes the combination of law around uh, housing, offices, buildings, mm. temples, retreat centers. And then there's the, the corporate world with all the insurances, much, much more. So there are there's some middle, middle way got to be found here. The gradual increase in prices is definitely bringing about a dropping off in people with low income to be able to attend. And though in certain places the cost which is present and the program includes an invitation for people to apply for a bursary, for a scholarship, there is still a hesitation to do that. And even sometimes people can't afford the bursary. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate that this exclusion is going on. And this constant spending of significant sums of money of improving places. I'm not sure if in the long run it's really sustainable because an outcome of it is, is in the course of a year, rather a lot of people in the higher age group with disposable income uh, there, or people just in the office world. And Dharma is as an outreach to reach all without, without exception. And, and the other, of course, is um, situations where going to the East for a, a moment, it's definitely tougher there. There are far more challenges around noise, for one thing. Insects, mosquitoes, of course. Heat, there. the religious. There. But, for some, in spite of all of that, there is some strength and depth of experience, including the endurance experience, which really has a deep impact on people's fast growth, learning and development. And it's not surprising that the best loved teachers have done their time in the East. Yeah. Days, weeks, months or years. It was the backbone, doesn't it? Exactly. It gives some kind of confidence, trust, clarity, strength, backbone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and teachers who 
perhaps only just went for a visit, you know, went on a pilgrimage for two weeks to Budgaya and back, tend often, because I've listened to them, speak at a much more pleasing, lightweight, less authoritative kind of level. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, there are exceptions, but yes, it's a general principle. General. Mm. So, would you say this among others, and I'm mm. actually interested in, in the way in which you yourself mm. work with negativity that is being thrown at you? Yeah, can't be bothered to work with it, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> somebody comes. Yeah. to you and complains about yeah. something that has relevance that you did mm. or said or didn't do or didn't say. Mm. And the blame and the fault-finding mm. is landing on your mm. self, not yes. self. Oh, Christopher, what's, what's, how do you work with it? Well, do do? the two things which are um, hopefully fairly well established. One is a resilience. Resilience is, frankly, I don't care too much about people and their negativity towards myself. It's interesting because you care so much about people. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the inquiry that, mm. and, and the gift that you have. That mm. You care so much. You said uh, it yourself last night, even. Yeah, yeah. You. yeah. And then you don't care so much about the negativity. No, no. I, and a little bit... I've kind of done enough practice of it on impermanence, I think, which probably helps insofar as outcomes of negativity, the immediate response may not even arise as a thought uh, these days. This is what the person is saying today. Like that. that's, that's the feeling. This is what the person is saying now. What so, do you mean may not even arise as a thought? Meaning I, may, I don't have to think, oh, this is what the person is telling me. I'm listening and the senses, this is what the person is telling me today. So it feels like there is space around it. They might change their view tomorrow. They might even change their view after a conversation. Mm. So that helps, uh, helps a lot. And uh, the other uh, with it, if I'm going to speak firmly and directly in situations to people and not water it down to please, then I have to expect the reaction. It has to come with it. It, part come, it comes with it. One expresses views. There has to be some uh, return and yeah. and therefore between praise and blame i make a distinction between incidentally between praise and appreciation for mm. myself yeah. so for myself in the worldly conditions yeah. views, you know praise is the wish to impress saying kind words to another to build somebody up in order to have something in return. It might just be um, wanting some recognition for, for giving out the praise, wanting some approval. There's some extra agenda that goes yeah. with praise. Yeah. And the appreciative joy is free, because it's divine, um, from self-interest. Mm. 
It's simply stated. The appreciation is simply stated to the other. It doesn't have an opposite. What tells you this is one or the other? I smell it. <laughs> <laughs> um, not always, uh, uh, of course, but there is tends to be with praise a tendency to exaggerate yeah. and one freaks out. It's a little like, yeah. slightly over the top. Yeah. Whether it's in the emails yeah. or whether it's yeah. the the yeah. uh, direct conversation. And, one, one, and and then it's just the polarity of the praise and blame syndrome. The the divine is this mudita, appreciative joy. And when it's divine, you let it in. Uh, yeah, yeah. And even even with, with the praise and blame, in some situations, uh, I just leave it with the, with the other, their view, mm-hmm. and just leave it out there because I don't think. I can't see anything helpful or truthful in it in some situations. But most times, uh, it's not like that. More often, I got a point. I got to find the point. <laughs> so they might be giving me a hard time over something. What are you? All the usual things. Mm-hmm. But usually in it, there's some kernel of something truthful. There's somewhere in the middle of it. There's something valid. So you're looking for... I'm looking for, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm curious what, what, what that might be. I, I don't think... I can't recall. Taking or adopting the view, oh, it's just your projections on me. Uh, and it's just your problem. It's mm. not mine. I mean... I feel uncomfortable yeah. when teachers or anybody in authority makes uh, uh, that claim. It can, of course, it can be uh, like 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 that, but it can be the unwillingness to hear that there could be something in it. And in fact, most times in my experience, there's something in it. <laughs> So what do you do then? And then do you the, give acknowledgement? Oh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. If I can spot the, the what it is, uh, and it's easier if the person's not too angry. If you're too angry, I, one only hears the emotion mm. and the fault finding, and you don't do this, and why are you like this, and mm. da, 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 da. Uh, and that's all that one gets. But it might just be something was not said or was said. Mm-hmm. And with the blog, which invites in the written the most criticism, the blogs, I changed it from like Christopher's blog or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the subtitle, I changed it from inquire, an inquiry into, then I changed it to a Buddhist perspective, knowing full well that just by putting that, it would agitate a few people. It is a Buddhist perspective. And definitely I would regard the Buddha Dharma in those blogs, obviously. But some do get a little infuriated because I'm offering a Buddhist perspective as if it was the one and only. 
didn't say that. Nice. <laughs> I'm interested to ask, do you get hurt sometimes from people? Do you feel you get hurt? Hurt would be terribly strong. Hmm. Can't imagine. No, nothing is... We might finish the conversation and something will stand out for me. For me. Hmm. But I, I'm hard-pressed as we talk to think of anything which was I felt offended or was hurtful in some way. Come think of anything. Even if somebody comes up to you and is very angry and blames you and accuses you and all of that, you do not feel hurt or hurt would be too, I, I, I would feel plenty of um, um, unpleasant sensations. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be too Buddhistic here, but generally, <laughs> hurt sounds wow. Ah. Uh, I can't I can't think of one in recent years. Nothing, nothing is actually out, nothing stand, I can think of which is outstanding. Others might think of something and ask me, but it, mm. as we talk, I, nothing springs. Okay, so let's use what you just said. Plenty of unpleasant sensations. Mm. Mm. And? And? What's your response to this? To it? I, I've, the training over decades uh, now it's the immediacy of responses. Everything is around posture, physical posture, psychological posture, present, eye-to-eye contact, keeping the hands very still, checking for relaxation in the whole of the body. Though it feels un- uh, uh, unpleasant, but just keeping presence in, in front, of the, front of the other. That is the practice. So that it's the problem in the hearing uh, is contracting, and my kind of one-liner, the inner, inner one-liner. <clears throat> if I get upset or angry, I've just handed my inner inner experience on a plate to somebody. I just, I'm bloody minded. I just refuse to do it. Out of the love of freedom. <laughs> Out of the love of freedom. I'm not going to hand, any, hand this over for, you know, to, for someone to uh, have power over. I just, <laughs> just refuse to, to do that. So it's the power of the mind that helps you? I think, I think it's, I like to think it's a little... Maybe a little bit of uh, of that, but that's the bloody-mindedness bit, which is the power of the mind uh, there. But mostly it's in the feeling world where one, the, the sensitivity to, as I said, to stay completely steady and still, lots of relaxation in the whole body. My backside is checking the seat. Mm. It's that, it just goes to get grounded. Uh, and to feel and stay uh, steady with that. And it, the physical presence is remarkable for diffusing there. Mm. 
if one starts to lose it, everything starts, feelings start coming up here, up mm. here, and then the voice gets all. Mm. So it, it, it yeah. staying, mm. soon, I mean, really, not in the same way. I might hurry from here to sit, let's say. I might just have had a conversation, I think problematic, where the voice and some thoughts have taken place. And if I'm going to the hall to speak, I just immediately, or almost, stop. I have a minute of silence. The minute of silence at the end of the sit is for them, but it's for moi as well. So that in that silence, I'm really just feeling down again, back down, feeling feeling bit deep, having that just that quiet uh, minute, either to end or to start. Feeling down, you mean? Deep. Deep, just feeling right down inside, feeling deep. It's out of the field of thinking. Mm. Feeling the different sensations. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just feeling quite, feeling, pardon me, inside, quite deep down in the body, or backside of mm. the cushion or whatever. And, feel, and that seems to be outside of the world of mind and thought and concept. Feeling quite, just for a minute. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a readiness to speak, or if it's at the end of the sitting or the inquiry, there's then a readiness to go to the next thing. But that, that silence is the foundation for healthy or appropriate communication. So in other words, the unpleasant sensation don't uh, spill over into projections or uh, no, forming some view about the other and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I hope uh, that, that <coughs> if it, uh, hopefully there's enough awareness if it does. Mm. Then there is some picture interpretation going on and. Not very nice for the speaker, even if they're very angry. You know, for me to then start projecting back as well. <laughs> so rather than let them have a, a, a run, we had a small group, a couple of people that were uh, in the uh, in the group had built up a, a certain kind of picture. Happens often enough of some whatever unrest or dissatisfaction. With, with what was happening in the group, and it wasn't, wasn't here, here, wasn't sharing enough, wasn't going, these kind, kind of things. And one person kind of had been, been on the mind and had written out a list of things which were not liked. So when that uh, finished, various views obviously came around, one or two agreed, but one or two points, and some didn't disagree, and uh, etc. Um, I know that though some of it was clearly, and fair enough, directed in my direction, there, but I know, generally speaking, not to start off the sentences with the I language, just not to for yourself, yeah, you mean, as a it. response, yeah, not not to buy it into that AI mm -hmm. language, uh, because it was in the U language, um, because the other is using the U language, oh. 
Uh-huh. You, you, you or we, if it's a whole uh-huh. group, yeah. and I don't feel, I don't, you yeah. know, and, uh-huh. and why aren't we doing it this way? We ha- okay. There's not enough time for doing it this way. Now I think you're, you, that's me, talking too much. Uh-huh. Or you're not giving us the instructions that we, guidance that we really need. You know, the usual issues that uh, take place. To go into the I language tends to sound defensive. I mean, it feels defensive, let alone any, 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 uh, anything else. So, rather than trying to explain there, I find it easier and more effective to find one or two points and say, okay, what way, and ask the group, can we implement this? This has been said. Mm. What way can we put this, implement this, so it's clearer for everybody? And then the group then feels included and the person feels some degree that they've been heard. Heard. uh, Simply because they haven't taken any notice of the blame factor running around Mm -hmm. in the person's voice. Mm -hmm. And when we've then come to that, some fresh understanding, then turning to the person. Are you okay with this? And then you always say yes. Mm -hmm. So it didn't get into a dispute. And it would tend to, if I was just speaking about how I felt, and mm. this is what I'm trying to do. No, no, no. So what are the occasions <laughs> that you do speak about how you felt? Um, the times, I'm trying to think, because the specifics are always better than the... Uh, uh, the, the generality, um, nothing, you know, just at the moment, nothing uh, comes to mind. But but I can say when some some response there, and I might be asked, but Christopher, how do you feel about this? This you know is a favourite. You know, yes. how do you feel? What's your experience? Yes. Then sentences. Have then to start off with the eye, and it, because it's just avoidance. I've actually been asked yeah. quite personally yeah. how yeah. how do you feel about this group? How do you? F- um, you look really agitated with me the other day, you know, like that. Or um, or one of the people who gave the short talk had wondered because I hadn't said anything right after. Mm. Whether well, did it show I didn't like the talk? You know, you know, yeah. people the sensitivities around. Yeah. So when when I'm asked directly, mm-hmm. then I have to speak directly. But if I don't feel it's a real necessity, or don't enter into the uh, uh, I language unless I think it's it is the best communication. It's very clear and precise. I have to say guidelines, and in a way, it's a follow up from the talk you gave last night. Brilliant, really. And super interesting for me to talk about mm. the art of inquiry. Uh, yeah. And it seems to me that you have uh, a few guidelines mm. in which you walk in their, in their light. Yeah. Where did you get them from? Your own from experience and little, little other bit. From... Mindfulness and samadhi, you know, I mean, to put it simply, that the, the, the combination of those 
two really, really, yeah, they, they, they genuinely really make a, a, a big difference. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm incredibly dedicated to mindfulness and samadhi. You know, I mean, really, I'm dedicated to it. Uh, and I really think it's an extraordinary way of the being that we can really give total attention uh, to the other without forgetting the one who is attentive. You know, we've got to be uh, here. And that... Without forgetting. Yeah, without forgetting. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like in the 50-50 you know, kind of thing, language we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. another time. And that contribution to to all of that, along with the feeling of liking and interested in people, and put all of that together, and lots and lots of practice, especially in the use of the ears, kind of emphasize the the really, really, listen, the words, the tone, the attitude, the intimations, the utterances, the subtleties, the grossness, the generalizations, the insights, the whole human being, all this is coming over, it's kind of real presence, as much as I can offer. And out of that, things stand out. Like mm. I said, the, the buzzwords will stand out. They're actually quite loud mm. for me. And the, um, and the insights will stand out, or the confusion of the mind will stand out. And then, then I go there. So keeping presence and interest, and then bringing all the other factors that we that we have, we have you know, from the ethics to, to the spiritual, to the happiness, to the dukkha, to the understanding, to the dependent arising of avijja, pachaya, samkara. It's all it's all there, and you've got this whole that support that we all have. Can turn to it. And then use it for the exploration, for the inquiry. So mindfulness and samadhi. Pretty uh, major, because without those two, I think the interest, uh, well, of course it needs interest and it needs energy. But that tends to come mm. with the, and a few other factors. It's interesting. This is a mindfulness teacher training course. What yes. about... Samadhi a teacher, one. <laughs> a samadhi teacher, teacher. training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the what is the place of it actually? How do you see it in? Because most people here would probably not go and spend time in the east. In no, is practicing samadhi mm. and uh, developing this uh, art mm. quality of the mind. How do you see it? Yes, it, it's one of the uh, uh, questions. Because something has to develop the samadhi and it gains a little extra urgency these days simply because of all the way our concentration on things gets fragmented through all the entertainment. Yeah. All the little life is made up of these little bits and pieces of entertaining things and it's, yeah. it's having its impact, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, Neuroscientists, you know, t- telling us with the brain cells and and with the happiness and with the comparing and the self doubt and the lack of self worth and not being able to do what one wants to do. Well, if I haven't got the samadhi, it's going to be the big factor in getting 
having the capacity to act. But we hardly ever speak about samadhi. No, we we environment. No, the the meditation retreat with the returning of the attention to the object and should we call it successive moments of attention or mindfulness upon the object, the breath or whatever, mm-hmm. is the development of the samadhi. Yeah. One breath after the other. Yeah. Is yeah, I meant more not on retreats, but I meant actually... No, in the daily like, life. In daily life. It, yeah. uh, and I mean, again, with one person I was speaking to here a couple of days ago, who was asking the same thing, mm-hmm. that... It may not always be possible with regard to the motivation just to sit and meditate. I think it's a minority that can sustain that. Mm. But there could be areas of interest which are worth concentrating upon. Everything from a painting to a plant. When I was in the cave, um, a small candle focusing on it, concentrating on it, right down to the wax had completely exhausted it. You know, this beginning, middle and death of the whole candle, things like that. Uh, Sometimes uh, as well with uh, listening to music, but really making it a meditation that one's concentrating on every note, between the notes, things things like that. If just a few of those exercises mm. were really practiced, so it's not background, it's absolutely there in the foreground, the concentration would develop, and then there would be more capacity for listening, you know, for focusing on people and yeah. other things. Yeah, this is just to wrap it up because most people will report that they do get hurt and mm. they do get offended, and projections are there. And at the same time, they do not have the practice that no. you were talking about. Maybe some mindfulness, mm. but uh, samadhi. Yeah, I'm it not is. Sure. It is. It is in the human psyche, on the generality. It tends to be the weak link, you know, yeah. or one, you know, one of them there, and the other, because the the. The work-study environment, which is so demanding on concentrating, the one who is concentrated can be infecting the concentration with stress and worry and Mm. agitation. Mm. And so sometimes the ending of the work or the study, in a way, is a kind of relief from the pressure of having to concentrate. Uh, but if the mode of the being was relaxed, settled, collected, collected, which likes the word samadhi, mm-hmm. you know, the collect, composed mm-hmm. upon the particular, with contentment and happiness, there'd be much less need to want to get away from it, stop doing it. Mm. And also much less of projections, uh, of I, exactly. wrong views, mm. all, all blame, all mm. this kind of thing that go on goes on between people, mm. actually. And it's not surprising mm. that this phenomenal number of stress reduction programs uh, are there, 
where companies, understandably, they want their staff to be able to concentrate, but they see how many that the primary reason for people to take time off work is stress related. So the stre so stress related. Stress -related. It used to be back related. Yeah. That was the primary. Yeah. Now it's gone like from the back to the stress. Yeah. And mm. that and something in the dynamic mm. of the institution and the pressure, along with huge amount of comparing mm. amongst the staff, along with the trying to make more money in order yeah. to pay all the bills. Which is, yeah. 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 Um, this, this, you know, this uh, um, conversation we're having now mm. leads me to the thinking that maybe there's not enough emphasis given to samadhi. Mm. In mindfulness yeah. programs as mm. well, not just on retreats, not just for mm. the privileged ones, mm. but um, finding new and innovative ways, like the ones you spoke about, listening mm. to music, and mm. painting a picture, and, uh, and so on, um, to incorporate that in one's life in order to strengthen this quality of mind. Yes. For less dukkha. Exactly. Mm. That, I think you touched on a really, really important point here, that mindfulness in its best sense, needs a concentration. Mm. It needs a meditation. You know, it's much the same thing the way we're using it here. Yeah. On, uh, on the object. Mm. To, and particularly that which is giving some enjoyment or uh, some appreciation. And like I mentioned, sometimes in London, if I go look at some say, in one of, the, one of our national art galleries or photographer's gallery or whatever. whatever. Yeah, it's a great, there's a great one in Soho. Yeah, yeah, there's some fine places around. Mm. And though one can look at a lot, mm. it could be just sitting and looking at one, you know, yeah. just a, an old mm. masterpiece mm. or a contemporary interesting figure the concentration will bring out more. It will as a chance to go deeper, it can be insightful and important for us, bring that greater sense of appreciation and beauty because all of that will come out because we said I'm gonna concentrate and look at this in the detail and give five or ten minutes, fifteen minutes or whatever. Really, really look at it with interest. And something out here that can respond, and that, and that all of that develops the concentration power. Mindfulness and samadhi and concentration or unification mm. has mm. areas of overlapping. Yes, the, there's not two separate things. Uh, qualities of mind mm. also overlap to an extent. And listening to you and, and, and the picture that is being presented yeah. also. Rightfully so, by you, people are using uh, mobiles all the time, mm. does not sustain attention mm. to something. I mean, uh, phone calls, uh, television, you know, it's always something is going mm. on. And this really reduces the power of the mind. Yes. What do you say 
this might be the first thing to give our love and attention to. It, this meaning the... Not just uh, speaking <coughs> about mindfulness oh, I see. Mm. as we do mm. so often and in mm. many, many different uh, places and mm. frameworks. More of yes. it, that, it, it, encouragement yeah. towards that. Yeah. It really good, um, be really helpful and good uh, uh, initiative. One gets it in the east and the monasteries, you know, yeah, you know so much emphasis. It, 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 it's yeah. not, it's sila samadhi panya, yeah. you know, it's not it's silam sati panya, you see? Yeah. It's right there, it's the oh. threefold training, it's a samadhi training. I see. So it's, it's, it's there in the body of the teachings and we, you know, we have this pick and choose, but yeah. generally in the monasteries, of course, they emphasize mindfulness, but they've got it mostly as samadhi. They're encouraging. Because, you know, people might listen to this talk, especially at the beginning of it. Mm. I ask you questions about uh, negativity mm. that is uh, thrown at you, and your responses, people will go, wow, you know, I want that. Paraphrasing a movie when Harry met oh, yes, I'll yes. have what he's having, you know. But um, it's really the more you explain and speak about it, the more I see mm. that it has so much to do with the power of mind mm. has been cultivated long years mm. of practice, both yeah. in the East and in the West, the West. as well. Yes. The practice is the thread, and sometimes people will say, oh, if you practice, you're practicing trying to get somewhere, trying to get liberated or to get free uh, there because if you're practicing then you're still doing having to do something yeah. and of course I don't buy that position whatsoever and for myself mm. it's a great freedom to practice it's a confirmation of freedom one is free to practice one is free to explore one is free to develop heart and mind, free to appreciate there are no limits to its potential. And those who think practice is only means, means and goal-orientated mm. haven't understood it's an expression of a liberation, not an obstruction to it. It reminds me. Once I, I asked Leonard Cohen mm. about his old teacher, mm. his Roshi, and he said to me that he became a monk when he was a very young boy. Mm. And he still, that was some years ago, when both of them were still alive, Roshi was hundred and something. Yes. And he said to me he still wakes up at 3 in the morning, 3 a.m., and practice. And I asked him, I was 30, so mm. that was... Some 20 good years ago, almost 19 years ago, I asked him very enthusiastically, I said, well, but why, if he's realized, mm. why does he have to practice? Mm. If he's done it for so many years, why, why, does, he, why does he get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and practice? And Leonard looked at me and he said, what else can he do? <laughs> oh, so, you know, yeah, this, is just, like that. this is just... Why not? 
Why not? Exactly. Why not? What else? Yeah. This is life. This mm. is practice. It's not so two different things. Mm. Mm. It's in a way, I understand his answer to me now. A parallel would be with Punja, like, who would dismiss, show, well, yeah, dismiss, show a disregard yeah. Yeah. For, for practice and for meditating and, and, and all of that. Mm. And friends who, some of our mutual friends, mm. who uh, lived in the house and he would be in his bedroom there and they might just uh, knock on the door or just go in, try and biscuits or whatever. What's he doing? He's sitting cross-legged on the bed, meditating, eyes closed. And not once a day, four or five times a day, etc. And, and surely not because he's trying to get somewhere, it's just that that's meditating. Like, you might say that's the expression of freedom. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's an expression of it. It's a, uh, and that uh, freedom and practice, freedom and meditation, is, is confirmation of freedom. One, one, one's got to be free in all directions. Also free to practice. And free, they're therefore free to practice. And people who rubbish it are in, yeah. a little bit in danger of getting stuck with some old views and habits and patterns, yeah. uh, which they might need to work on, but yeah. it will get in the way if they think practice obstructs freedom. Yeah. And habit. Mm. And uh, thinking the same old way is much more mm. obstruction. You know, Amesh had the same thing. He would also make fun of me meditating. Yeah, why why yeah, do you meditate? Yeah, yeah. He was really feeling sorry for mm. me. But then every morning, of course, he would meditate. There's a tradition where the communication is much more, teaching communication, is much more in a regular sustained way with the formless mm. yeah. and they, they, they are fine teachers with regard to the formless and then there are others like you and me and others who use the form and love the formless and kind of move between the yeah. two and that's how we work actually just to sum this up not just that meditation is um one expression of freedom. Mm. Everything one is doing that is not in order to serve something else and therefore is less than something mm. else is in and of itself yes. an expression, expression of freedom. Exactly. It? Exactly. That sense of being with the rhythms of life and of course some, the, some outcomes and some consequences but it seems kind of small change in the, the bigger sense. You know, you and I come here, have the privilege of offering this uh, program. There's the wish, of course, that it's insightful and beneficial. The consequences of it helps to develop agents of change there. But there's some sense of knowing we're not in control of all of that. We're just offering something and making something available. And maybe out of that, something will flow. And... We know that our freedom is these expressions, and we're expressing it, and 
and let the wind take it where it will. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right, then. Thank you. Thank you.